Hey, and welcome back to The Suburban Urbanist. Um, this is episode three, uh, which is titled, It's Okay to Be an Expert. Uh, before we get into that, uh, I just want to mention that at the time of this recording, I am coming to you from sunny Southern California, um, particularly downtown Los Angeles. But before that, I was in uh, West Hollywood. It's definitely nice to take a break from the winter weather that is rocking uh, the Midwest, uh, particularly Ohio, where I'm from. Uh, right now, back home, I think the high was around 48, which isn't too bad for this point in December, but I much prefer the nearly 70 degrees that I'm currently experiencing. Um, when I'm finished here, I will have been in Southern Cal for two weeks, a portion of which was fun, the, the West Hollywood part, and a portion of which I'm in the midst now, which is for economic development training. Uh, that training is towards my economic development finance certification through the National Development Council. I want to take a minute and plug the NDC training voluntarily. I am in no way a paid spokesperson or whatever. I simply think it is a valuable program that I would recommend to anyone who is working in the small business lending or economic development space. There's also other certification programs that they have, but this is simply the one that I'm going through. I think there's a housing development one as well. Uh, and while this is not required to be able to excel at your job, it is great information that will enhance your ability to ensure that you're providing exceptional service to your clients. Uh, the course that I'm currently taking is the Business Credit Analysis course, which is course number two in the four-course Economic Development Finance Certification Program. Uh, and by getting this certification, I believe that it enhances my ability to be an expert in my field. Uh, which is a great segue to the topic that I will be discussing today uh, that, again, is it's okay to be an expert. Um, but uh, for more information about the various training programs that NDC offers, it can be found on their website, ndconline.org. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So here is episode three of The Suburban Urbanist. It's okay to be an expert. So the idea for this topic uh, came to me a few months ago while I was attending a different economic development training than the one I mentioned in the intro. It was economic development sales training, uh, and this training was about closing deals. Uh, so cue up the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross reference, always be closing. Anyway, as an economic developer, my job is to sell my community to stakeholders, site selectors, businesses, and future residents. It's also communicating with existing residents about programs and selling projects to them because they may not think that a project is good for the community or want that project to do more for the community. For example, at my previous job, there was a lot of activity going on in the historic Over the Rhine neighborhood, which has seen uh, a huge upswing in development activity over the last um, several years. And now some of the residents think that enough is enough. There were also concerns about gentrification. 
Any new development was met with opposition from a very, fairly vocal portion of the community. And so we had to constantly work with them to sell them or to reshape projects to ensure that they were okay with it. Uh, this experience taught me that sales training may be helpful. So I went ahead and took the opportunity to pursue that training because I'm a firm believer that you can always know more and no matter how much experience or knowledge you have, you should always be seeking out more. So while at this training, a senior vice president of a economic development group, which will go unnamed, stated aloud that he was uncomfortable with the idea that he was an expert in economic development. And this was flabbergasting to me. I wondered how could someone who's responsible for business attraction and retention efforts for a large area not be willing to sell themselves as an expert? He was the face of that organization, the face for the region he represents, and he is trying to convince site selectors and companies to believe in him and locate in his area against what amounts to global competition. I further wondered to myself how someone cannot think of themselves as an expert and properly represent their community. You know, perhaps it's the Midwest values and humbleness, but you know, I really think that that's a problem. Now, I know this could come off as being arrogant or whatever, uh, but I feel that I have worked tireless, tirelessly to put myself through undergraduate and graduate school. I have worked hard to get promoted many times, and I am now the Director of Economic Development for a community. And uh, I would say that this experience in education absolutely uh, gives me a level of expertise uh, and makes me an expert. Do I know everything? Well, of course not. That's why I'm attending economic development finance training. That's why I did the sales training. Uh, and that's why I'm always trying to be better. I will go to future trainings as well. No matter how much or how, how much uh, experience I get or how successful I become, I will always be attending those trainings uh, to try to continue to better myself. But I believe, and uh, I believe that if I'm going to do the best I can to represent my community and bring about sustainable economic development, then I'm obligated to flex my expertise and knowledge and sell myself to developers, realtors, site selectors, businesses, and the community as an expert. If you have had the opportunity of working in an occupation that you have dedicated yourself to, have gained valuable experience, and are very knowledgeable about, have insights that be, go beyond the basics, are excited about what you do, have achieved some success, and have failed, but examined the failure and took lessons from that, then I argue there's an expert that is in you and you should be okay embracing it. For those who are young in a career, I know this is a leap and you don't have the knowledge or experience yet. and. Uh, may in no way feel that you have any expertise or are definitely not an expert because everything is too new. And that's not a problem. There are things that you can do to prepare yourself and become the expert that you want to be, uh, which I will get into. But before that, I want to go on a quick tangent. Uh, in doing a bit of research on this topic, I came across a blog post from someone saying that it's okay not to be an expert. And the author's point was that with being an expert came with some facade of being perfect. Um, personally, I think that idea is bullshit. Being an expert has nothing to do with being perfect. It's through failure that true expertise arises. 
So I'm a sports fan, so I'm going to make a a very loose analogy, uh, which you may or may not agree with, but it's what came to mind when I was thinking about this topic. So LeBron James, he is arguably the second best basketball player ever. I'm a Jordan guy, which like my opinions on economic development, you don't need to agree with. That's just my opinion. Anyway, uh, LeBron has dedicated himself to being the best ever basketball player. That is clear. He could be considered uh, having a great deal of expertise in basketball or be an expert basketball player. Uh, is he the best three-point shooter? No, he is not. Is he, is, the, is he the best free throw shooter? No, he is not. Is he the best defender? No, he is not. But has he, does he have a well-rounded game that has made him one of the best? Yes, he does. Also, uh, LeBron is 3-6 and six in the NBA Finals. Now, I know basketball is a team sport, but so is life and so is the workplace. But if he can lose more championships than he wins, that doesn't mean he is any less uh, of an expert at actually playing the game of basketball. Some people simply have more success than others based on their circumstances, no matter how great they are, how good the team is around you, so to speak. He isn't perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No one is. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a level of expertise that you can share. So shifting back to the topic at hand, in my thinking about this topic, I came across an article from Time Magazine in 2016. It was titled, How to Be an Expert at Anything According to Experts. The author's name was Eric Barker. In the article, he details a few things that I would agree with. Number one, commit to being associated with the topic for the long haul. As I've said in past episodes, I decided I wanted to pursue government as my career at a very young age, and I have been hyper-focused on that ever since. I can't imagine doing anything else. Uh, According to this article, research research showed this commitment to the long-term yielded the following result, quote, with the same amount of practice, the long-term commitment group outperformed the short-term commitment group by 400%. The long-term commitment group with a mere 20 minutes of weekly practice progressed faster than the short-timers who practiced for an hour and a half. When long-term commitment combined with high levels of practice, skills skyrocketed. If you're committed to something, then you are more likely to excel at it because you have a greater amount of care and dedication to the craft. Think Think again of the athlete. Some of us, not me, are born with a natural athletic ability. But those who excel at and even compete professionally dedicate themselves to the idea that they want to do this for as long as they can and will work tirelessly in the pursuit of being the best. Without that dedication, they are less likely to succeed. The same goes for being in the workplace. Number two, find a mentor. This is a great point. I gravitated towards professors and supervisors to fill this role for me. They were experts and I wanted... some of them, their expertise to rub off on me and show me a path forward in my pursuit of my career. Again, the article quotes research by saying, quote, in great mentorship relationships, the mentor doesn't just care about the thing that you're learning. They care about how your life goes. They are with you for the long haul. They are willing to say no and to tell you what you're doing is wrong. Those kinds of relationships yield outside results. So I said before, the workplace is a team sport, so is life. 
there is only so much one can do on their own. In order to become an expert or be successful is going to come with the help of others, and those others are mentors for you. Number three, be a pain in the ass. The article states, quote, that those who did the best questioned their teachers, that they weren't afraid to push back a little, end quote. Once you have a mentor, it is vital that you explore their expertise to gain insights. This is done by being a pain in the ass and asking questions, wondering why, throwing counterpoints, arguing. This will help you formulate your own ideas, learn from them, and overall make you better. Number four, figure out what's important. This is a great tip, and I think it can be summed up in the old mantra, work smarter, not harder. As you learn and work, find efficiencies so you can get the most results with the fewest steps. It's the whole, the quickest way between two points is a straight line. Finding these efficiencies can be a sort of expertise in and of itself. I, for example, am giving a workshop at the Ohio Township Association Winter Conference in a couple of weeks where I will be discussing the most efficient and cost-effective ways to mine and utilize data to get the information needed to fuel decision-making. This is an area that through my work I found a great deal of success in and want to share my insights on it. It's a way that I can share some of my expertise to the group. This is important to me because what's the point of being an expert at something if you do not share your insights or your work? Number five, pursue desirable difficulty. This simply means people who work harder to find a solution learn more. Don't take the easy way out. Make things a little difficult and try harder. The added concentration leads to added retained knowledge. Always challenge yourself. I do this a lot. I look around at the best practices that other communities are doing. The ideas that I think are good, I not only try to incorporate in my community, but I try to do them better. I try challenge myself to go above and beyond. If I don't know how to pull off my vision, I seek out new skills. To that end, I've taught myself how to create data visualization dashboards through Tableau. I build custom databases for myself. I taught myself how to forecast real estate markets. These things were all difficult, but I believe that I am better at my job because I made things difficult and I learned more through that process. Number six, get negative feedback. The point of this is to learn what you did wrong, examine it, and do better next time. It just gets back to the whole learn from failure aspect that I mentioned up front. So, for anyone out there listening, I'm going to make an assumption. I am assuming that you are listening to this because perhaps you think that I have some sort of insight that might help you in your position. I hope that is the case. And if it is, I'm going to assume that you have a desire to do what you do to the best of your ability, to know everything you can. If you would disagree with me or others in your field, I hope you do so because disagreement lays the foundation for discussion and through discussion comes knowledge. This applies to any field and occupation. Just because you may see yourself as an expert doesn't mean that there can't be others with different beliefs. Just like anything else, our expertise is shaped by our environment, our learning, and our experience. Other people have different beliefs because their beliefs are shaped by different environments, different experiences, and different education. And at the risk of sounding preachy, too often today, discussions devolve into ugly name-calling and bullying if not even threats of violence. And this needs to stop. Innovation is built on ideas, and ideas come from all kinds of experts. I want you to be an expert and share your ideas into the marketplace. 
then have discussions that lead to compromises and new ideas. That is how government, technology, smart cities, etc. will all come to be able to care for all the people in a community and not just the ones that agree with your opinion and reject all others. Bipartisanship in civil conversation is the path forward. That's why I believe so much in community engagement efforts. I want to know what every person in my community thinks. And then I want to take that input, use my expertise to shape development and programs that are designed to meet all of their needs. Now I won't, and you won't, and hell, no one will ever design something that will truly serve all people equally. That doesn't mean we can't try. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox for today. The point is, take pride in your work, seek out more information, new ideas all the time. And if you look like an expert, think like an expert, talk like an expert, then take pride in yourself and be okay with the idea that you just might in fact be an expert. And if you're new in your career, but you know this is what you want to do for the long haul, then dedicate yourself, find a mentor, be a pain in the ass, learn from your mistakes, and become an expert. And with that said, thank you again for tuning in to this episode. As always, I can be reached at suburbanurbanist at gmail.com. And uh, I'll let you get back to your day. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks.